0: Everybody. This is Adam with the Back Patio Network.
1: And this is Mike Atkins from
0: NerdsOnEarth.com. And we're here to record another episode of the Almighty Podcast. Hooray! Uh, so, this is episode three, but we got to tell you all, uh, I messed up. This is 100% my fault. Somehow, my audio got corrupted. From the original episode. So we're going to re-record it. Now, keep in mind, we've watched uh, the next two episodes, in fact. So episode three is going to be covering episodes...
1: Episodes five, what uh, what I can do for now, and uh, episode six, Rage a Damn Nerd, are what we're covering in our episode.
0: Right. Uh, now, we've covered these before, and we have since watched seven and eight, nine and ten. So we have a little bit of information, uh, so, but it's going to be kind of neat, because we're getting to kind of retrospectively talk about this episode.
1: That's right. It'll be a little different. We are, you know, we we are no longer the level of blind that we had hoped to be, but we still have some things that we could talk about, and uh, hopefully it proves entertaining nonetheless.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really enjoyed these episodes in general. Like, I just thought they were great episodes.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's their first days uh, in the actual Academy, and a lot takes place over the course of these two episodes that sets up superbly well. Um, the following episodes that we also super, super enjoyed. I mean, I don't think we've watched uh, a pair of episodes and d- and had the thought, man, these were okay. So Yeah,
0: actually, I don't think I have yet either. Like, so far, I've been really happy with every one. There's not been kind of a dull episode yet.
1: Correct. So let's get right into it,
0: man. Um, I know that this is kind of the first day of class, and they're showing up to homeroom, and All Might is kind of freaking out because... It sounds like depending on what homeroom teacher you get stuck with, you may kind of end up not having a whole lot of fun.
1: Yeah. And he's worried specifically about the one guy that they do get stuck with, this guy named uh, Aizawa. Of
0: course. Yeah. Aizawa is his name. And he's kind of weird. He's like napping when everybody first shows up in a weird little (laughs) caterpillar sleeping bag. Yeah.
1: He loves that sleeping bag.
0: Yeah. And uh, so he pops up and he's, you know, they're all expecting to go to some sort of gala, I guess, like a big get together for the first year students. And he's like, nah, actually, we're going to skip that and we're going to get right into these quirk assessments. I need to know what you guys are good at.
1: Yeah. And the very beginning of this, so obviously they're about to get this this new layer level of testing um, with this, basically this PT test, this like physical fitness test. But we're also treated right at the very beginning of episode five with the results from the entrance exam. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they kind of briefly flash up on the screen. I'm still watching it in Japanese. At least uh, I was back when we watched these originally. Um, so the names, uh, took me a minute to try to connect some uh, the names to faces. Um, it's a little easier now, more episodes in. But we, we kind of have these rankings. Uh, so Katsuki is ranked number one. He's got a 77 villain score, which means I guess he popped 77 points worth of bad guys.
0: Yeah, like destroy just enough robots to get 77 points.
1: Yeah, and he has zero rescue points. And rescue points were that kind of layer to the exam that uh, Tenya had figured out, or Ida had figured out Deku. He, he basically thought, oh, Deku knew that this was going on. There were some other kind of points, not just for beating up the things, um, but for also being, you know, like a hero instead of just a boxer or whatever. Yeah, like instead of
0: just taking things out, like you're actually doing what heroes would
1: probably Yeah, do. so Katsuki, 77 villain points zero rescue points and uh Deku is the exact opposite zero villain points but 60 rescue points and so this is again the show is setting these two up as polar uh opposite uh to one another as they possibly could be
0: um yeah absolutely I mean they're they're fire and ice. at yeah, this point. Yeah,
1: definitely. And it, you know, there's a little bit of bleed over. Um some of the other guys, most of the other people on the board, at least everybody else in the top 10 had points split between the two different the two different categories except for Katsuki and and uh, Deku. So they continue, again, to set these guys up as, as very, very different, as different from one another as they possibly can be.
0: Yeah. And it really serves them well, too. I mean, it, the, they kind of dive more into the background of these two characters, and it's it's beautiful. Like, the way that they've designed this relationship actually plays out really well, I think. Yeah,
1: definitely. And, and they're going to continue to accentuate uh, the differences, and this will help set up, you know, the, the cliffhanger that uh, we're treated to at the end of the next episode, um, episode six. Um, yeah so then you also have kind of the kids hanging out in that home school space before they're introduced to their teacher um there, there's a couple of different conversations that take place here katsuki continues to just call people extra and like side characters i mean he's so full of himself right um that he he is he is the only character in the play that is the life that he's living you know he is like he
0: knows he's his own story's main character you know what i
1: mean yeah definitely. And he and Tenya kind of get into it. I think maybe Katsuki was like sitting on a desk. That's something that Tenya tends to take a lot of uh, umbrance with.
0: Yeah, and I'm not really too sure why, but he seems to take it as incredibly disrespectful to this school that he like really loves.
1: His honor is cranked up to eleven, um, and and so he he yeah, takes massive absolutely. offense at at all these things. And at some point during this con- this kind of minor confrontation with Katsuki. Um, He says something along the lines to him of, do you really even aim to become a hero? Which I think is a fantastic question. Uh, Tenya has some insight here, because I am still of the opinion, Katsuki is going to break bad. He's going to be a bad guy. We're going to, I'm going to have even more ammunition behind this particular argument when we get to that quirk exam, but we've already hit on part of it. Zero rescue points. Um, Every time we have a flashback to their childhood, his history is one of violence and antagonism. And and so, again, Kenya asks a really good question, one that you know, it's hard not to have in your own mind as you're watching Katsuki develop as a character thus far in the series anyway.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, so I get the idea of him breaking bad and I kind of see where you're coming from for sure. But I get the feeling that he won't. Like, I'm kind of calling it, in my opinion, I think that they've got him there as a way to prove how good Deku is at making people better if that makes sense. It's kind of like, uh, I, I compare it to kind of like Goku, how he turns all of his enemies into friends. I think that they have made uh, Bakugo or Katsuki this out to be this kind of evil character, so that way Deku has someone yeah, to turn.
1: Yeah, I, I am definitely also of the opinion that there will be a redemptive arc for him, but I, I still, they are going over and above to paint him as bad guy in Potentia, 100%.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, he's straight up 100%. He is Deku's character foil. Like, they want him to be as evil as they can be. And it it really gets demonstrated in this quirk assessment, like you were going to mention, because every time he does something in a quirk assessment, he screams, like, ah, die! Or, yeah. you know, like, he's just constantly angry. So let's let's back up and talk about the quirk assessment a little bit
1: yeah, so they've got this examination um, by uh, Aizawa. It's very much like I mean your standard like track and fieldish type events that all of us probably took in junior high. In fact, I think that the characters in the show also took this exact same series of tests when they were in junior high, and we got to keep in mind that UA is a high school or it's right. a high school equivalent, so it wasn't even that long ago, but now they're given, they're, they're given license to exercise. Um, their quirks, to use their quirks to try to excel uh, in a new way um, in, in these, these different um, activities.
0: Yeah, because I guess that whenever they were in middle school, they did the same test, but they weren't allowed to use their quirks because I know Azawa has them doing like a putt toss, you know, like they're throwing the, the, the heavy lead balls. Mm-hmm. And he asked Katsuki what his maximum throw was, and he says like 76 meters. And then he goes, okay, we'll use your powers. Let's see how far you can go now. And it's outrageous.
1: Yeah. He, so I have, maybe this is just a number discrepancy between the English and the Japanese, but in the Japanese, his like junior high throw of this softball was 67 meters, which is about 219 feet. But when he uh, uses his power to kind of propel that ball forward, it, it moves from 67 meters to 705.2. And that number becomes relevant here uh, shortly. But that from meters to feet, that's 2,313 feet. That's almost half a mile. I mean, it's yeah, an improvement insane. of tenfold. Um, so yeah, his, his quirk is, is real good at throwing softballs. Did you notice too, like before we get into some of these other exercises that their uniforms actually say UA on them? Like it's kind of subtle.
0: You know, you had pointed that out. Yeah. And I did not notice that
1: until you pointed them out. And I think that's really
0: neat. Like it's kind of a really cool costume and it's not a costume. It's just like their gym clothes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, who, who hadn't had the experience of having to dress out for PE? Um, that's what they're doing here. And so like the, U is kind of like this, this line around the neckline, Uh, And then the A is, uh, you know, rather obvious right down the middle of the torso. But Aizawa lets Katsuki throw this softball kind of as a a showcase of, hey, it's what you've done already, but just with powers. And they start going through all these different physical fitness tests. And then we start to get a little bit um, greater glimpse into some of the quirks of some of the other competitors as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the one that really stood out to me was the naval laser guy. Like, he seems so ridiculous. Yep. And he can't like his power is almost worthless. Like he has this naval laser, this belly button laser beam that he can only shoot for one second or it makes him sick.
1: Yep. And it's great because it explicitly is a navel laser. Like I think initially yeah. I might've been under the impression that it was a beam from his belt because it looks to come from like a giant crystal or glass belt buckle area. Right. But nope. When they, when he gets his little quirk splash page, it says naval laser. As if literally he is firing a laser beam from his belly button. And yeah, he, if he shoots it for more than a second, it says that he gets a stomachache
0: yeah it's just so and you know what's even funny about that is the fact that all of the other students are kind of like, man, this guy's a tool. yeah, like he
1: uses his power and he he like falls on the ground and they're like, man,
0: what a tool.
1: yeah <laughs> he has to doesn't he do like the fifty meter dash backwards where he like uses his navel laser to like propel himself towards the finish line or something? So they get creative with some of the applications right, but it doesn't really work super well. like it's not uh, applicable.
0: you know what I mean? He's just kind of yeah. got this really weird worthless quirk.
1: Yeah, well, you know, he's trying. He's trying to sure. miss that part. Maybe that's another layer to uh, this particular series of tests, too.
0: Yeah, and I guess I guess the confusion I have here is, is like, you see some of these people with these quirks that are really amazing, right? And yet you've got this guy that was able to make it into UA, which is like the Ivy League College of Superheroes, and he can shoot a naval laser for one second. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just <laughs> seems weird. Like, I get that there are going to be people with really great quirks and some that are just mediocre at best. But you wouldn't expect that variation between students in, you know, the most prestige hero high school of all
1: time. So, right, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, but we, we, we get to
0: see some other really interesting quirks. Uh, there is one test where I guess people are trying to, I'm not too sure what exactly the test was for, but we see the Fruit of the Loom guy, like, bouncing back
1: and forth. Yeah, and we're still, at this point, kind of unsure of what his power is. He just has, like, grapes coming out of his head. Yeah. Um, and it's j- literally, it is like a one and a half, two second shot of him just bouncing between two purple things. Presumably these things came from his noggin. That's, that's all we are treated to. Yep. Um. That and his continued perviness. Yeah. Um, which is, it's just, it's just who, it's just who he is. We're, yeah. We're, we're, we're learning to embrace it as much as one can be expected to embrace somebody as pervy as he is. Right.
0: Uh, uh, let's see, we see Tenya. Uh, Tenya's got some awesome speed legs, like he's got engines in his
1: legs. Yeah, his and it's kind of weird that they they don't get and maybe it's just because I, I I don't know but that none of the quirks have like super creative names so his quirk is just called engine um, and he has like exhaust pipes that come out of his cabs and let him run really fast so he runs the fifty in three seconds um, li- just a tad over three seconds the world record like in real life is 5.56. I did the math. He's running at like 36 miles an hour.
0: Oh my gosh. uh,
1: To pull that off. And like Usain Bolt, like world record sprinter, Usain Bolt only runs at about 27.8. And I say only, I mean, come on. I mean, he's, he's, he doesn't have uh, exhaust pipes coming out of his calves. So he's at a disadvantage here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy just how quick he's able to go, especially it seems like the average for the other students kind of falls in that like, seven to 12 second range it seemed like
1: yeah and the you saying the word average reminded me of another wrinkle to this competition this assessment because aizawa makes it sound like if if you underperform possibly maybe if you were like the last in all of the events or last overall that that he was going to expel the the that student because they don't have any hero potential right like the weakest
0: person is going to get expelled from class
1: yeah. And so that's this giant cloud hanging over poor Deku because uh, we know that he can kind of only use his power once, maybe, and that it's devastating to him when he does. So he's going to have to choose his moment. And even then, you know, in all of these other events, he's, he's performing at our level, right? Um, you know, at, at just standard old you know, human levels. Um, So he's he's freaking out about this.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it gets down to it, and he is one of the last ones to kind of perform the softball toss that we were talking about earlier. And he's about to use his quirk. He's got, like, he's gearing it up. He's going to just destroy his arm. You know, at this point, he may put so much power into it, his arm might just fly right off, right? Like, he has no idea how to control this. Yep. And he goes to throw it, And we've already seen him at one point in time try to use his powers in a controlled manner and it just kind of dudded out on him. You know, he was trying to do the grip test and it was like he couldn't quite muster enough, I guess, so it didn't
1: trigger the one-for-all power. See, I couldn't tell if he was trying to use it then or not. I mean, he pulled, he was squeezing at 123 pounds once you convert the kilograms, I think is what they were doing. And then they had the dude who's Like, like got octopus hands. Yeah, and he was
0: doing like 700 kilograms or something.
1: Yeah, he was, he was squeezing at 1,190 pounds, but he was also kind of cheating because bro had three hands right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> on, the, on the thing. So if you break it down, it's slightly less impressive. It's still crazy because he's pulling like almost 400 pounds um, of, of grip strength per hand. Um, but yeah, somebody should have been like, Somebody should have been calling shenanigans. Right. But I guess I guess that is him using his quirk. I mean, part of his quirk is he has more hands than you, so deal with yeah. it, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's true. So he's going to throw it, and when he does, he's barely able to throw it at all. Like, I mean, it, just, it almost just falls out of his hand. And yeah. <laughs> he turns around, and we see Aizawa, who is Eraserhead, is his, like, professional hero name. And he's activated his powers, and he's frozen Deku's powers. Like, he can turn off quirks or cancel quirks.
1: Yeah, which is crazy um, that he, he's like a nullifier. And we've seen like, I mean, there are mutants in like X-Men comics that do similar things. His is reliant upon eyesight, though. Like right. he has to be looking at you. And if um, he blinks,
0: then it just like, I guess you get your powers back for however long it's not activated. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, the kids are even mentioning like, wow, what a cool power. And he goes, yeah, but it really dries out my eyes.
1: Yeah. That's why he always looks like he's strung out, man. He's got yeah. like red veiny eyes everywhere.
0: So, and he's also using some sort of weird, like, steel medical tape, it seems like, and he's keeping Deku from actually throwing, like, completing the throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he releases him, and he tells him, like, man, you know, you got a cool power, but you wreck yourself when you use it, and w- how is that useful? You know, you're going to end up on the battlefield, and you're going to get more people hurt because you're reckless.
1: Yep, he says, and I, I wrote this this quote down because I thought that it was it was important. It says, do you intend to become incapacitated again and rely on others to save you? Um, and, he, and he's talking about in the field, like as working as a hero, if he, in an effort to be heroic, ends up becoming instead one in need of a hero himself, that he becomes a liability. And this is a problem that Aiz- Izawa has identified with uh, Deku's quirk at this point.
0: Yeah, and, you know, the whole time that this is all happening, All Might is, like, snuck into the stadium off to the side, and he's watching all this go down, and they kind of make it seem like maybe him and Aizawa have some sort of history together, and I'm just now wondering if maybe Aizawa is aware of this because he's had to save other heroes like All Might, because he makes the comparison, like... All Might's reckless and proud, and he's he's out there for the flashiness of it. Yeah. And so I kind of wonder if Aizawa was one of those heroes that's had to play a lot of cleanup and had to do a lot of extra work because of the flashy superheroes that kind of maybe weren't thinking about what all they were doing.
1: Yeah, so maybe he's like embittered. Yeah. uh, And jaded with this whole experience.
0: And of course, on the sideline, you've got Bakugo or Katsuki, who is really confused to begin with? Because he's like, "Well, this guy, like Deku, doesn't have a quirk at all. Why is he even here?" Yeah. And of course, Ida or Tenya uh, hears him, and he's like, "What are you talking about? He doesn't have a quirk. Didn't you see what he did in the preliminaries?" And, and so, at this point, is when Katsuki is kind of like, "Did that guy lie to me? My whole life has he been deceiving me?" Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Deku is able to use his powers and channels just enough of the One For All power through the last tip of his finger right before he throws the ball. And skyrockets it.
1: This is keeping Deku where I hope that the show does, which is yes, he's you, you know he's got this quirk. It's developing into you know whatever it's going to develop into, um, but it also is keeping those elements that I appreciated most about Deku from the start, which is kind of his strategic mind um, at the forefront. I mean, it is. I would even say at this point, at least, um, that his intelligence is. Of greater use to him than even um, the, the power that has been given to him. Um, because like you said, he, he goes to throw this ball uh, and channels just the tip of his finger, so it wrecks that, the tip of that finger, but it keeps him from being incapacitated, which totally blows Aizawa's mind. Yeah, I think he just says something like,
0: oh, that kid!
1: Yeah, <laughs> and th- so he throws, he throws the ball 705.3 meters um according to aizawa's little gps thing or whatever which is 0.1 meters further than it registered katsuki's ball traveling which is just oh, sure awesome. to get under katsuki's skin it's um, just enough yeah just barely enough so then you, you have this really cool thing too where all might you said was kind of creeping on this whole thing and uh, at the end of this episode he just is gushing over deku and he says you're so cool And that is kind of a really cool bookend to the episode, because really early on in this episode, there's almost, I wouldn't call it a throwaway scene, but there's a scene where Deku is kind of packing his stuff up, um, presumably to go to school, maybe, uh, you know, grabbing some gear or whatever to go, go to the academy. And on the way out of the house, his mom stops him and says the exact same thing. And she's like, you're really cool. You're so cool which is a kind of a cool literary kind of bookend um, woven into uh, the, the progression of this particular episode.
0: That's pretty neat. You know, I, I really like the scene just because, for me, Deku's finally getting that recognition that he deserves. You know, like he's busted his butt for six, seven months now, trying to get this power down, learning it, trying to prove himself, like just chasing his dreams. And here is this guy who he has looked up to his entire life almost that is finally approving of him. And that is huge. You know, I mean, I think if anyone's out there has ever wanted that approval from their hero and, and gotten it, it's like, man, like that's got to be so cool.
1: And this is affirming for All Might too, because earlier on in this, in this episode, he says something along the lines of his job of finding uh, an appropriate successor of him, somebody that he's going to, I think his original plan was to bestow his power to some student who probably already had a quirk at the academy, because isn't that how that power works is it, it kind of is additive. So if he passes it to somebody who already has one, then it kind of becomes one. So it
0: adds on to the quirk, like it adds their quirk onto it or something.
1: Yeah. So that was kind of his original plan at the Academy. Um, He stumbles by chance into somebody who is quirkless uh, in Deku, but somebody within whom he sees a tremendous amount of potential, enough potential to call an audible and invest in this, this quirkless kid. Um, and, and now he's seeing some fruits from that decision, some um, some affirmation that he he may have made the right choice here. So that's it's a good scene for All Might, too.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I got to tell you, though, man, I'm still not entirely convinced that Deku is quirkless. Like, I just think he has a weird quirk that they don't consider a quirk yet, maybe. Because after this episode and the next few that we've watched, he has a way about him of like, reading situations and knowing how to act and react really well. he Like, he's incredibly intelligent. Sure. And all it is is just recognizing patterns and things, and it makes me wonder. I really seriously considered the idea that his quirk is this intelligence and this ability to read the situation, because he, it seems uncanny to him, and it also seems like no one else really has it, including some of the professional heroes. So, I'm still not sold that he's entirely quirkless.
1: Sure, and, you know, there's precedent for extreme intelligence being a superpower or a mutation in all sorts of other mediums um so why not in this one although so far it seems as if we're we've at least been primed um by what we've seen in the show that quirks tend to manifest themselves in a in in some manner that that screams superpower um yeah that's fair so um i don't know i i i, I could go either way we'll see yeah as, long as as long as the intelligence remains a part of, of who he is that he doesn't just turn into you know um, just just raising this raging roided out deku who just uses the you know the power all the time and then um, I'm, I could be okay with that I love
0: the idea of him harnessing the best of both worlds like having this extreme intelligence but then also having the brute force to back it up yeah because I feel like that's not something you see in a lot of animes or a lot of like typically you don't have that trope you don't have a strong smart guy. you know what I mean
1: and if they are, they're not like, typically they're not a major, they're like a minor character. Right. So it would be kind of neat to
0: see the best of both worlds from this character.
1: So we, we, before we get to the full reveal of the costumes, we kind of get a little bit more glimpse at kind of a regular day at the school. There, there's a, a little bit of a discussion between Aizawa and All Might, um, where they, I think they still even even after Aizawa sees what Deku can do um, still might be at, at odds with what's best for him. Right. So there, there's still some disagreement and some tension between those two characters. I wonder too. What if Aizawa looked at All Might with his quirk? Would All Might shrink back down to Jinko Jean's All Might, or?
0: Well, you know, we so that's kind of interesting because there are times when he's looked at All Might and it, nothing's happened to him. But he, I don't know that he's activated his
1: powers on him. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, then I don't know if it's if it's passive or if he just has to like think really hard for it to work. I hadn't thought about that.
0: Also, we don't really know what All Might's actual power is. Like his yeah. quirk is an inherited quirk so you know we don't know that the big strength muscly bit is his actual power you know what i'm saying like i think that maybe he just runs out of power and so his body transforms so that way he can keep him alive or something
1: does that make sense yeah that does um like maybe he retains his original quirk whatever it might have been
0: yeah, so because I'm not sure, like, because we don't really know what his actual quirk is. Like, we know that he has the one for all power, which maybe that's what gives him his giant strength. You know, yeah. But it, you know, because we see him do all of these like weird wind attacks. So maybe controlling wind is also his power. But Deku also has the wind thing down as well. So yeah. I don't really know if that's just like, well, I'm so strong that when I punch, I create centrifugal force or something. You know.
1: Well, Deku would have it. Because he has the the one for all plus whatever all might quirk would have him. been. So
0: yeah, that makes sense.
1: Um, so anyway, there, there's a little bit again some some weird tension between those two. I wonder if they've maybe got some history that will be made privy to going forward. Um, Deku ends up going to see the healing girl, um, the old lady, and she explains something that will most certainly come up later on, um, which is that you know he he goes she fixes his finger but it exhausts him and she explains that it her power isn't just like magical healing it's it's basically uh like uh super speed healing right um where it still saps stamina from the body it's your body healing naturally but at an accelerated rate
0: yeah so it, it uses your body's natural energy
1: yeah, and I like that because I think that that puts a good boundary on just uh, a quick heal. You know, I don't I don't necessarily need another show where sensu beans. You know what I mean? Um, yeah,
0: I totally agree. Like, it, it, it kind of checks her power. You yeah. Know? and Because ex- I think I had even brought up at one point in time, like, if that's her power, why isn't she going around the world just healing all of the senses? Yeah. You know, and this makes it make a lot more sense. Like, it makes me wonder, could she cure cancer or something like that? You know, because I would assume something that aggressive would probably use all of your body's energy
1: yeah i mean she even says that too much healing could actually if she healed you too much using her quirk it could actually kill you because it would be that much of a drain on your body so So, i I do like that they qualified that a little bit
0: i I do too it it makes her character a lot more in depth i mean i can only imagine how many times she's been stuck in a battle where she knows she can't help somebody and that's kind of feel awful you know
1: i wonder if like they could beat up one of the bad guys, just bad enough, and then she runs up and kisses them to heal them, and then they die. Like, oh. if she could t- make it offensive like that.
0: Like an offensive defense?
1: Yeah. That's scary. Man. That, would be, that would be crazy. <laughs> so he, he leaves, they bump, uh, he, he bumps back into Ochako, um, and they have this interesting exchange where Deku's nickname is kind of explained a little bit. Um, so she says it sounds like the Japanese word for you can do it, which, why wouldn't he know that? Isn't this... <laughs> Isn't this yeah. presumably set in Japan? Um, so, supposedly. Yeah, so Deku can mean the one who can't achieve or do anything, um, which is how Kachan has been using it, or Katsuki, or uh, Bakugo, you know, pick one of his 17 names. Right. And then <laughs> Ochako points out that it could also be kind of like the Japanese word, Dekiru, which means to be capable of, or you can do it, is what she what she says. So this whole time we've kind of been using this, um, almost like a derogatory nickname for Deku, but he totally embraces it here. He's like, I'm Deku. Like all of a sudden he's like, okay, I own it. I embrace it. I am now Deku.
0: The moment a woman pays
1: him a little bit of attention and is like, oh, I kind of like that name. He's like, okay, yes. So that's pretty great. So then, um, before one more thing, before we get to the costumes, because you and I have had a prolonged conversation about this. There's a scene where they're just doing regular, old, boring, mundane high school stuff. Yes. Um, like taking an English class is one of them. And there, there's a brief scene where they're sitting in an English class and they're told to identify the wrong, wrongly formulated English sentence up on the board.
0: And this and, is the music guy that's teaching the class, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, the microphone dude. Um, so on first watch, I was like, huh, one of those is wrong? And so I had to like back up the show. And hit pause and I'm looking over this list and I'm going, is one of those wrong? And it took me a solid like 20 seconds before I could identify which one was wrong and why it was wrong. And the reason why I struggled with it is because of where I live. I am from the South. I've lived in the South. So the sentence that was wrong is please tell me that all you know, Um, which to me, my brain almost transcribed or transliterated that into Please tell me all that y'all know, or it almost seems like even as I read it, please tell me all uh, please tell me all you know or please tell me that all you know dropping the of from that sentence or reversing the words um, into a different order doesn't necessarily fix that sentence for me. It is common vernacular where we live so yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I had the same exact problem. And what's funny is I've rewatched this episode now twice because I wanted it to be fresh in my mind whenever we re recorded this episode. And I still didn't catch it. Like, I had to pause it because I was like, yeah, Adkins said that that wasn't right. And I paused it and I read all five sentences and I'm like, which one was it? And then I got to the end. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like those two words are backwards, but I'm automatically just reading it correctly in my head. Yeah. Uh, so it was, yeah, it's funny that even on the second watch, I, I, I still couldn't pick it up.
1: That was fun. That was just a fun little throwaway scene that's probably only funny to people. People living in like the southeastern region of the united states and maybe not probably. even all of them yeah it's probably just you of a baby <laughs> so they finally get to um uh the the hero class where all might is the teacher um and their their costumes are revealed and boy oh boy is there a lot of stuff to talk about here
0: i i love the very beginning of this is kind of like him trying to figure out okay wh- what am I gonna do with my costume like I've got this quirk now and I didn't before and you know he has to figure out like he calls all might and he's like hey so I've got to register for my costume what do I do you know and he and all might just tells him like oh it's okay you're allowed to re-register your quirks multiple times and then he explains that you may not really understand how your quirk works until you've I guess grown up with it and lived with it for a little while
1: yeah and so they have ev- Maybe it's not even an evolution, like they're not evolving, it's just that there's a better understanding of what they are, so it's not a secondary mutation, it's just like, oh, that's what this really is.
0: Yeah, and they, they show a description of a girl that is like blasting water out of her hands, and at first it just looks like she's manifesting the water, but then they break it down and you see that she's pulling like the H2O out of the air, I guess, like pulling hydrogen and oxygen out of the air and creating the water. Yeah. So it' kind of seems like the quirks almost all work in a very chemistry kind of sciencey way,
1: yeah, they could. um, I know that once we get a little bit more information on a couple of the ones that we are uh more acquainted with later uh that 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 pattern may hold.
0: It's actually really sweet because his mom had basically looked through his journals where he had designed his own costume and got it made for him, so he didn't have to worry about this like company. Making a costume that didn't work for his quirk because he hadn't registered it yet,
1: and it is straight up All Might. His costume is All Might from the tip of his weird hair flare it's down
0: like to hair,
1: <laughs> yeah, down to the little almost like not a not quite a visor, but the little mask thing that he wears over his mouth looks like giant All Might teeth, like he's like when All Might smiles. Right. So it is totally derivative. But just teal, he's teal All Might. Um, Well, see,
0: and I didn't even pick up on that the first time. Or green, green maybe. I think you were the one that pointed that out, because I thought he was a donkey.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I said that he kind of looks like Bucky O'Hare, who's this green rabbit from like Saturday morning cartoons. He totally Um, does. But yeah, it's, it's, it's totally him continuing his like crush on All Might. I think All Might even make some sort of comment on it, where he's just like, you couldn't be any more obvious about this or something.
0: Uh, that's exactly what happens, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. And then we also see Tenya, who is in this really cool, like, Gundam suit, almost. Best costume. Yeah, Tenya his costume is so freaking cool. His be- his uh, and then, of course, we've got Katsuki, who has these, like, giant grenades on the end of his hands. He
1: looks ridiculous. I, yeah. have, I have strong opinions about Katsuki's looks. So here's, here's my no-prize... Explanation of why he has giant friggin' grenades on his hands. At the time where they would have been drawing or designing their costumes, they were in junior high, if not just barely out of junior high. So, as somebody who works with that age group, a junior high boy who made explosions with his hands would totally go for an an aesthetic where his hands were cannons or grenades or bombs or giant missiles, something. So I think that he just is, he's just made his bed with the design of this costume when he was younger, and now this is just what he's got. And it's, it looks totally ridiculous, but it is totally in tune with what a junior high boy would do, designing a costume for his quirk.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, you know, we have obviously we know now, but when we had originally recorded this, I, I was under the impression that it would amplify his powers somehow. And I wasn't sure how, uh, but I kind of was under the impression that it was similar to the girl that kind of created water from, her, from the atoms in the air. I assumed he was exploding oxygen. Uh, now, we know now, of course, that he sweats glycerin and I guess the grenades like soak it up and then he can explode it all at once, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So it, there is some practicality to it.
1: Listen, when we watch these the first time, I, was, I would look you in the face and tell you you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that it was, yeah. Just, it was just junior high boy design. But yeah, it does have, it's still, I still think it's gaudy and ridiculous oh, looking.
0: It is. Yeah. Even,
1: even with the utility, his costume is silly. But yeah, it is it what is. it is.
0: Especially the like, the weird like head red flare bandana yep. thing he's wearing. Like I don't, it's so unnecessary, you yep. know.
1: And the weird like eye black that he's got. I'm t- he looks like a villain. I mean, he, yeah. he even looks like one. So. He does. Uh, he's got
0: like the spiky jagged edges to him, you know.
1: Yeah, And hardcore. of course, we've got
0: to mention uh, Achaco because you know, when Midoriya sees her, he's like, oh my gosh, like she looks really pretty. And she's in this like skin tight suit. And even she's uncomfortable. She's like, "Ah, I wish that I had kind of specified this better. Yeah. (laughs) And then of course, our fruit of the loom creep guy, whose name I now know as Minata is like, yeah, I love this school. Yeah. And And he's a creep. You know, he's like,
1: he's totally he's always ogling uh, Momo um, because her costume is like, Next to nothing. I mean, her it's her costume is a like couple floss. of straps. It kind of looks like yeah, like floss. It kind of reminds me of uh, the Fifth Element. Uh, you know those bands oh, yeah. that they put on <laughs> uh, that they put on the character right at the beginning. It totally does. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But it, it's even less than that, which is saying a bunch. She's wearing yeah. less than uh, the the lady from Fifth Element.
0: So we've got all these heroes that have gathered. They're hanging out in their costumes. A lot of them are really cool looking. Some of them are very silly. Yeah, um, especially the Frida Loom guy i just like he's in a diaper and he's wearing like a grape suit yeah, it's just like a, so weird
1: i thought it, his diaper might it looked like
0: a bowl for some reason i don't know it, it kind of does look like a bowl yeah it's weird it could be like a spaghetti strainer
1: yeah, like Hollander.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Anyways, we've got all these costumed heroes together, and All Might has decided that for their first big test, he's going to put them on teams and pit them against each other in a villain versus heroes match.
1: Yes, and all the heroes have to do to win is touch the bomb, and the villains have to defend it from said touch. They get split up into teams of two. Uh, Ochako and Deku end up on a team, and Tenya and Katsuki end up on a team. Those are the only two who will That really matter in this particular episode of ours um because it is of course those two teams that end up uh paired against one another so katsuki and tenya are the villains and deku and ochako are the uh are on offense to try to uh go and retrieve or or disarm this bomb by by touching it so of course of course you've got the, the rivalry is being firmly established by setting them into direct conflict. That's how these things are resolved. So
0: Absolutely. And even, you know, they get to the point where they are, I guess, using these different city sites that they've built. So these kids can almost use their powers like unchained. Yeah. And they are going to infiltrate this building where the villains have got this bomb. And it's funny because they're kind of navigating through and yet again, Midoriya is talking about how he studied inside combat outside combat like he knows that there are nooks and crannies and he he's kind of memorized this map that him and achako were looking at before they went in and even achako is like how in the world do they expect us to remember this and katsuki looks at it for like three seconds and it puts it away
1: yeah so that ready, kind yeah. of
0: furthers my thought that maybe he does have some sort of super intelligent quirk
1: yeah um, and he he kind of talks with her a little bit about this history that he has with with kachin and they so they get into the building and of course katsuki has like 100 percent just been like tenya you stay here i'll take care of this so it's of just course. katsuki by himself tenya is uh hanging out with the bomb he's chilling like a villain um appropriately <laughs> enough and uh katsuki is man he is had it up to above his head with deku um, he's, he's ready to settle this quirk or no quirk business once and for all. He is, he is raring for a fight and throws the first punch. And when he does, um, Deku manages to f- uh, basically, not basically, he, to- he totally calls the fact that Katsuki always re- uh, always leads with a, a right a right punch, like a right-handed punch. So he anticipates that and then ends up uh, basically using judo uh, and Katsuki's momentum against him and katsuki at the end of this episode is lying on his back wondering how he got here and you have you have this is and this is a cool moment um where deku and i i can't can't remember if he says this in in an internal monologue or out loud but he make he brings up the hero analysis notebook um that he had um, it might have even been the one that Katsuki is singed at, at some point it in is. the earlier episodes. Yeah, I,
0: I'm pretty sure it's the same one.
1: And, and he talks about the fact that Katsuki is in that hero analysis notebook, and he says something on the li- uh, along the lines of the fact that he categorizes and analyzes heroes that he thinks are amazing. So he right. has crazy respect for Katsuki. Um, I mean, he he is explicitly telling him if he says this out loud, um he's he's at least explicitly telling us, um, who who may have been made privy to his his inward monologue that he has a lot of respect for Kachan. And um and that is that is a touching moment, and it is set in opposition to this um red-sided anger that Katsuki has for Deku in the midst of all of this.
0: Yeah, because I think the same time we're hearing that monologue from Midoriya or Deku. Katsuki is running at him saying something along the lines of, I won't kill you, but I'll hurt you so bad that they may have to stop yep. this. I mean, the dude's got some serious anger problems. And, like, everyone around him knows it, too. And that's what's kind of funny. They constantly call him on it. Yep. Um, But when he pops around that corner and, and decks Deku, like you're talking about, All Might kind of gives him a little bit of props because the other students even say, like, Wow, what a low dude. You know, like, you, you're cheating. And All Might's like, well, he's playing the part. They're villains. Yep. So I I think this was a a really kind of interesting way for them to show this real serious rivalry between these two characters. And it's interesting to me still that All Might let it happen the way he did. Like, I think he probably had a part in making sure those two were picked to go against each
1: other. Yeah, they they certainly, I mean, they tried to hedge it as, you know, uh, drawing lots, basically. Um, I I didn't get the suspicion that they, I think it was in the script. I don't think that, uh, you know, All Might had like intentionally arranged this per se. Sure. Um, but this is where we are, and we're, we're kind of left in the lurch um, as this fight that we've been anticipating that really has been going on the entirety of these two boys' lives. Um, well, once quirks manifested, at least, Yeah. Um, that it, we are on the cusp of it, but we have to wait until uh, the next episode to, to really get into the meat and potatoes of, of this rivalry.
0: Yeah, and uh, that's exactly what we'll do next week. All right, we'll be here. All right, guys, have a good one. Almighty Podcast is brought to you by the Back Patio Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Almighty Pod or follow at Back Patio Net for all network news. If you enjoyed what you heard, go check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash network. You can help support the network, get access to early episodes, and lots of other great stuff. If you want to get to know us, come hang out in our Discord channel. We have lots of fun and would love to have you in there. My name is Adam, and you can follow me on Twitter at TheRealSimso, S-I-M-S-O.